Hello and welcome to this episode of the Soul Love Online Podcast. We are your hosts, Gria. And my name's Aaron. And this episode is part of our interview series. Each person you'll hear is someone we consider a leader in their chosen field. Someone who is embodying their soul's truth and mission. We trust that what they have to share with you will inspire and serve your own awakening journey. And we encourage you to check out the show notes and follow up their offerings and give all of our guests so much love for their time, wisdom and generous spirit. Hello and welcome to this, another special, they're all pretty special, um, episode of the Soul Love Online podcast. I'm Gria. Oh, I'm Aaron. And here we have Mark Simpson. So Mark is an inspirational speaker and author and our paths crossed just, I think, about two weeks ago. Mm. Um, we were in the kitchen making our morning coffee and, um, yeah, my mum came in and said, oh, I just listened to this interview with, with an author and he's you know, doing a book launch tonight. And I was like, oh, and my ears pricked up because I, I normally, she'll listen to a lot of kind of radio shows and I don't really listen too much. And I was like, oh, whatever, but there was something about your name and your, the brief bit of your story that she shared and it kind of gave us a little nudge and um mm. so we kind of penciled in fully prepared that we wouldn't actually come because normally by like five o'clock we're like oh, i don't really want to go out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and i just had a session with a client which went over time so by the time it came around to leaving we were already a bit late so it was like oh we, we really Do wanted, we go, like, there's an aspect of us that wanted to stay yeah. in, but our higher selves really nudged us to go and we're so glad that we did go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It felt very synchronistic, mm-hmm. that's all I'm told it. Yeah, well, so, I'm glad, you, glad you came. Yeah, and so Mark was there um, in Hobart launching his beautiful book, Light Up the World, and we'd love in this episode to share a few of the passages that, that really touched us and... Um, for you might share a bit of your journey and um yeah we'd love you to start just by kind of how did, how did this book come to be because you started as a, as a lawyer is that correct that's right um originally that's my qualification um but yes how it well how it came to be i guess over the last well, five six and maybe even a little bit before that years or so um a real shift in a personal sense of self and uh, general awareness and that um, that journey has led me to some very interesting places and some huge life changes um, you know yes definitely leaving the the corporate world uh, behind and the the lawyer part of me has gone into sort of sense of hibernation for a little while um, maybe never to be revived um, and Yes, you know, I, through that process, started to look very deeply into myself and my experience. And yoga has been a big part of that. And also, you know, I guess some, some interesting experiences with retreats into um, a couple of uh, Zen monastic retreats, that kind of thing. And... As part of that process, I suppose, you know, at, at a point in that, I separated from my partner of 22 years. And in terms of making sense of what was going on, both in my own personal experience, um, both in terms of that self-inquiry, but also just what was 
was happening in my my day to day, I started writing, um, and I guess that that writing had always been in me. You know, a great affinity with some of the great lyricists. I mean, I'm a huge Neil Finn fan, um, but you know, the uh, the poet Rumi, some of those just wonderful works. I've always had that sort of connection to. Anyway, I I started writing, and then. I guess that over a period of about three years, started writing the poems that are in the in the book, and then from maybe well February this year, I realised that the poems actually pointed to a greater process of waking up that happens both personally and it happens collectively. Mm. And while I had the poems and I could see that there was a narrative structure to them, or they they could be framed in this narrative structure that I had more to say and therefore that there was prose that actually came out to expand on the poems and what they pointed to and it is therefore a greater offer to that journey um, and, and I think it happens on many different levels of our being you know there's mind body spirit um, and that deeper inquiry into consciousness and who we really are um, and that's you know, that, that's a, a continuing journey, but I think it's one that, you know, we're, we're all free to, to look at. And I think we really need it both in ourselves, in our communities, and I think increasingly we, we really need it in the world, this, this offer to a greater sense of connection, kindness. I mean, they're, you know, they're timeless principles and the foundation of great wisdom traditions and you know how we apply that for ourselves and bring it to light in the world is is really i think that's the invitation that's in my in my book hopefully mm, beautiful yeah brilliant mm. um what i really loved about the bookmark is for me it was a a real symbol in and of itself of what wholeness really is in that the poems really spoke to my creative brain, my right side, and then the more analytical side um, really spoke to my logical brain. And it's just so well crafted. And, um, you know, this, this journey of awakening has so many facets and phases and di dimensions, and you've just covered them all so well and articulated some, you know, really profound insights in, a very succinct way and um, even with your poetry like I put my hand up and I say like I'm not a huge fan of poetry quite often because that's because I can't quite understand what's um, going on in those poems but I really connected with your poetry Mark and mm -hmm. um, yeah I, I haven't actually read a lot of spiritual books for the last few years my focus personally has been on more concrete how to create transformation and change mm. and family and raising children. That's sort of been my focus. It, mm. it was a real a refreshing uh, read. And um, yeah, I can, I can really sense that you've walked the path and really embody um, a lot of what you speak about just because it's articulated so coherently. Mm. So I really applaud what you've created in this bookmark. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yes, I was I was surprised that it was coming out as poetry in that form. Like really, you know, some of it has been yeah, interesting and amazing to even find that that's 
that's been my way of expressing it. Mm. Um, yes, I have always had some kind of affinity with it, but uh, really surprised that actually some of those have you know pretty much fallen out, fully formed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So for those, yeah, no, no, yeah no. so for those who are listening, well, for those who are watching, I'll just show them. So each the book is kind of set up like this, is that there'll be a, a, a poem of some sort, and then there'll be a longer discussion or exploration. But even the exploration isn't going like you could write a whole book just on this one. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> so it's still quite succinct, um, but it just rounds everything out and provides some context for the reader. And as Aaron said, there's so many great one-liners that are like you know this one the mind doubts the heart just knows and most of us have heard some kind of version of that but when we really sit with that and really drop into the depth of that it's a it's an eternal kind of uh, inquiry really and just following of that thread so i would love it if you could um grant us and and the listeners um the pleasure of hearing you read um, the passage, which is the heart is true. And I know that we, because so what we've, how we've been shared, reading this book together is that we've been in bed of a um, evening and of a morning and we'll just, we'll just choose a, we're just going through the book and one of us will read it and read the next part and then we take it in turn. So we get to kind mm. of receive the poetry and receive it and it's been beautiful. And I turned the page and the heart is true. And I kind of got by the end of it, yeah. I was like, just the end of the poetry, I was like, oh, and then by the end, I actually got this. I was like, oh. It really, as I said to you at the book, uh, or just after the book launch, because we bumped into each other at the farmer's yeah. market a couple yeah. of days later, um, that I honestly hadn't heard my own experience echoed mm-hmm. quite so, um, so, yeah, just truthfully. So, yeah, I'd love it if you could read this passage for us, please. Ooh. The heart is true. In the end, I knew I had to set my spirit free. To love again with all my heart, the deepest part of me. The hardest part is knowing a love I've hurt so much, a kind and loving being whose soul I couldn't touch. I look around into the eyes of blank, confounded faces who cannot reconcile that we'd end up in different places. Confusion that I know is just a pattern in my mind is stronger in the face of growing love it cannot find. For in my heart, the answer waits to questions that arise. The heart is true and never fails. The mind tells only lies. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And, and in the discussion, you kind of really kind of share how that in our, in, in common society, that, that kind of underpinning of success and, and doing life well is to have that, um, material wealth and the status and to appear like everything's great mm-hmm. but you know, the problem is as you know with these kind of more dominant concepts is that we we have a life of people who might be successful but tragically unfulfilled and and that sense of something's not right in their life so yeah. um you know i love the line that the mind tries to bargain with the heart for all it is worth and that confusion can ar- that can arise mm-hmm. um I know for me, when I was kind of at that point in my life, I was like, I could see this trajectory and I could see all the beauty and the gifts and the joy in it. But I just, I knew that it wasn't, I knew it wasn't my truth. I knew I needed to go this path, even though it was complete unknown and completely irrational, mm-hmm. completely un, un, not understandable by anyone else in my life. Um, and it wasn't until I gave myself permission to feel this and this 
that that then opened me rather than I have to be this or this. And so I'm yeah. wondering, yeah, if you'd like to just share some, some deeper insights. Mm -hmm. Sure. I, I know from, from my experience, I, I definitely had that, that same sense that while on the, the surface to the, any objective observer, you know, my, my life had many wonderful things, you know, in terms of the material and um, you know, societal norms that we're, we're so used to, like really. Beautiful house, a beautiful partner, um, all of those things really very much. And then, yes, you know, that deeper sense of, well, who am I more deeply underneath all of that? And am I being fulfilled in that, um, those life choices? And increasingly, I found it was just, it was, it was, all, it was incompatible um, at, at a certain point. And it, it's, it's almost like for me, it was my, my mind and the sort of, you know, the ego just saying, well, you know, you're, you're safe here. You have all of these, um, these points of security and norms that exist and you can stay here. You could stay here for the rest of your life, really. You know, it was, you know, uh, an ideal setup in many ways. But I, I knew, I, you know, as you're saying, you know, in my, in my heart, I'm, I'm more, you know, there, there is more of me and also where my expression into the world really comes from and my deeper truth. That's not, you know, that's not the head stuff. Mm. That's the, mm. That was always the inquiry into yoga, social justice, some of the Buddhist philosophy, you know, all of those things were, you know, I, I started reading books by David Suzuki when I was in my early twenties um, and traveling around and then found that sense of incom incompatibility between deepening personal inquiry into, yes, both environmental work, some of the Zen philosophy, some of the yoga um, journey. And that was, that was a powerful thing, both from an embodiment perspective also, but philosophically, and then holding that with, yes, you know, some societal norms that were much more about the corporate world. Um, yeah. You know, friendships and relationships that are geared and based on that level of exchange, which is not, is not wrong. It's, um, but it, it just wasn't permitting that deeper sense of, of truth. And that's that head versus heart um, sense, ultimately. Yeah, brilliantly said. And yeah, just to um, expand on the deeper truth, Mark, um, I can really gather from your book that you've had some really profound moments of awakening and, and oneness and tapping into the divine. Um, I was wondering... Uh, through what technique or modality was it a plant medicine um, how have those profound moments uh, come to you or how have you found it yeah um, to be honest some of those deeper shifts in awareness um, have not come through plant medicines and that kind of I mean I know that's uh, an avenue for some people for me it's been a combination of a few different things I think contact with people who are genuinely open and have pointed me to the truth of the experiences that I was already having or starting to have to actually, you can follow your heart. It's okay. 
safe to, to do it and actually what you're emerging into and these insights are, they're normal. You know, they're, they're actually a normal part of maturing and growing. Um, so I had some wonderful help and support from, well, a beautiful counsellor and um, community, I guess in the, in the Zen tradition, uh, but also drawing on some of the Ayurvedic content. Um, in the, well, the Medita Institute, they're based in Mullumbimby. Mm -hmm. And really, I went on one of their retreats and, you know, that started to just mark a, a real shift in direction and a, a affirming up of that choice to really, okay, well, well, what is this and what's it going to look like? Um, that's been part of it. I've also had some amazing experiences through different bodywork um, practices um, from some of the um, Hawaiian massage um, moves huge amounts of energy um, in the in the body and just that deeper sense and also I've been well very lucky to go on a couple of retreats there's a and there's a, a practice called Soul Vida which is it's an embodiment practice, but it actually works the, the energy body um, as well. And um, become very good friends with its founder, Makita Gabriel. And yeah, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful modality um, that actually it works every level of our being. Um, and yes, I mean, I think you can touch a deeper sense of self through some of those different practices and so it might be embodiment it might be through meditation there are many of those different avenues ultimately though it's that orientation back towards the heart as a center of consciousness mm. and i think that's you know for, for all that we um, have a sense of in our our mind our our heart and our body as a as a store of experience can be a profound um, method of investigation, really. Um, and there are there are secrets buried in there for you know for sure. I mean, it's, it can be both wonderful and opening, and also can be meeting some of the, the you know the shadow for sure. You know, both within ourselves and and the collective. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah, and I know you had a passage later in the book where you, um, again, I think I shared this one with you this morning, that that once we've had that taste of that oneness and that, like, oh, divinity and that um, seamlessness, like there's no body, there's no, you know, external weather, however we kind of come into that experience, that there can be the temptation to keep reaching for it and then the importance of honouring it and giving thanks and kind of, um, allowing it to resonate more deeply through our daily life rather than trying to search again. I know earlier in my journey when I started to meditate and started to feel that, um, you know, that this space that we're talking about, the unknown, um, that I just started to get a little bit addicted to it. And so rather than it assisting me in my life, it was actually started to become a bit of a, um, if something was hard in my 3d reality i kind of just wanted to like bypass. escape it yeah bypass it mm -hmm. and just go into that safe space of the meditation and um the importance of integrating that and mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. i've found is that as, as i've i've had a few profound 
you know, those different profound moments. And what's really helped me is kind of, it's not so much holding on to a thread of it, it's just uh, opening to a new sense of that thread, kind of always kind of being within. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some, some maintenance of connection within us so that we can be, so I, I find I could be, um, you know, with my young daughters or something, something outside of me that's going on that's a little bit, bit of chaos or something like that, but just kind of maintain some kind of level of groundedness and centeredness and that mm. this is ultimately the gift so that we don't need to meditate to connect present. with the divine. Yeah, we can be present and be both mm. within the chaos and within the stability and kind of merge those worlds a little bit more. Mm. Mm. Yes. I know, I know for me there have been a period after some of those I don't know, experiences or openings or understandings where it really did become a, a sense of I so desperately want to get back to that beautiful place. Um, and I think there's a line in the, in the book, you know, your, your mind just goes running after it with, with everything. Mm. And that then becomes the mind's journey, spiritual bypassing, you know, all, all of those, those things. And increasingly it has, you know, the, maybe over the last couple of years particularly it then becomes much more about the embodiment part mm-hmm. of, of those understand of those understandings because if it is just a if it's just your mind escaping to somewhere else all the time well you're not really present and yeah you know it, there's that tendency towards disassociation rather than mm-hmm. presence um, and those are that's a, a subtle but an enormous difference yeah as, absolutely yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, I think it's where you get the, um, that kind of, like, you know, if we take the basic chakra system, for example, and we've got those lower, more earthly centers than the higher realms. And certainly, it, because we, we come from like a, um, a, both of us have come through personal development and spirituality and come through those kind of two mm-hmm. massive doorways, which are big gateways in themselves. Mm-hmm. But we notice within those worlds, there are those who are kind of in the higher echelons, but really, like up and connected, but their, their life is kind of in chaos. <laughs> All those people who are really down, like into achievement and growth and whatever, but there's like a disconnect from something much greater mm. than themselves. And so, yeah, part of the journey we've found in that awakening and embodiment mm. is to, um, yeah, essentialize, have less, um, less separation between the two and be both human and divine and allow those masculine and feminine principles mm. of, of our experience to, really come in yeah mm-hmm. yeah nice. uh, mark i uh wanted to just read a line that really was like a light bulb moment for me i'm a big fan of little gold nuggets of wisdom and uh there was this line in the um nature is our nature on page 51 um down the bottom it says true freedom is beyond all measure and I just found that one sentence like profoundly provoking in like, you know, what exactly is freedom and if it can be measured, it can be, it's not truly free. Like Mm. that was something for me. I was just like, Oh, like time, for instance, or money or all these things that we associate with freedom. Mm. It's not at its essence, the true freedom. So I'd love to get, I'd love for you to expand on that 
sentence and um, mm. elaborate a bit deeper on that one. Mm. The, I guess there's, there's two elements maybe. One is that sense of our, our true nature, you know, is, is that sense of freedom that is far beyond our normal sense of ourselves. Um, and, you know, yes, freedom not to, not to participate in the norms of, of society or be defined by the norms of society, you know, that, that is part of it. Um, that sense of, you know, free to have your own expression that is beautiful in itself and not, not just the conforming to societal and family, you know, familial expectations, those kind of uh, freedoms. And it's that sense of freedom to be yourself is, is one aspect of it. But really in terms of the, you know, beyond, beyond measure, true freedom being beyond measure, in both Buddhism and yoga, the, the four immeasurables, you know, the, the great qualities of being are loving kindness, compassion, joy, particularly in the well-being of others, and inclusiveness or equanimity. And they're called the immeasurables because really they are immeasurable qualities. You know, when we actually tune into the depths of that um, and those qualities, we can truly see that they are um, they are beyond measure, and that is a both a deep quality of the truth and um, a beautiful guide, I think, to actually how we can meet our own personal experience and what we can offer into the world. And there, you know, to me, those are yeah, whether that's from the the Buddhist tradition or the the yogic tradition, they're they're both referred to, you know, both traditions refer to them. And I think they're beautiful guides um, as well as yeah, pointers to our true, true nature. And that's, you know, I guess that's that part of that chapter. Mm. Mm. Yeah, love it. Mm. Um, Mark, one of the things I noticed when we actually met you in person and you're still displaying this is your, beautiful balance of your of your your own embodiment of the feminine and masculine and that sense of as soon as kind of I came into your presence I sensed your gentleness and and your compassion um but also your groundedness and your presence and um, the sense of openness like when we asked if you were um you know open to being on the podcast mm -hmm. you were like yes and the, and the humility that came with that and there is a there's a um a incredibly moving passage um the my waking world which again this morning just had me in tears for the second time i so read yeah. it to you it's so so moving um and then in that exploration you go into the feminine and the divine feminine and the, the beauty of this creative force as well as honoring the masculine within us and these are principles that um, you know, in our retreats, we really go deep on them into the masculine and feminine as well. I'd love um, you to share, yeah, some of your own understanding of, of and experiences of those concepts and how uh, opening to both and honouring both aspects of, of the self has led to that deeper wholeness and balance. Mm. Well, thank you. Those are very kind words. Thank you. Um, 
Yes, I, I mean, I guess that coming to that sense of integration of those two qualities has been an important part of this exploration. Um, not just how that shows up in me, but actually, you know, how we see it in the, in the world, you know, and that, that poem, um, it comes from a very deep place within. Like really, I, you know, the, what it points to is, is that divine feminine at, at its deepest. And yes, how that divine feminine has been well, pretty distorted, you know, especially over the last two and a half, 3,000 years. Um, by what we've done in our collective um, and it's a very yeah it's a very different sense of what that true divine feminine is mm. and yes that that passage that follows it is a bit more of an exploration of of that and that's what it points to i know for me my tendency sometimes is has probably been much towards the the feminine the yin part of life's experience and Increasingly, I know it's actually much more for me, or it's very important to really embody the the physical action part um, that I I have this sort of yeah the, the action into the world. And this is you know writing the book is part of that, teaching some yoga is part of that, but actually instead of I can dwell in that beautiful creative space and sometimes too much. Mm-hmm. So in my own experience actually finding that I can give voice to it, but actually that there is, there's great insight there to be shared to. Um, and that it's an important expression of my, my journey and experience that I'm, I'm able to do that and step into that more masculine out into the world. You have wonderful things to share without being too immodest, you know, but share them, you know, it's pointless having it all, these beautiful understandings sitting within, mm. they're there to be um, shared. And, you know, we, we really need it. You know, the, our, what's happening in our societies, families, is a very, a very distorted sense of the masculine. You know, it becomes very much about um, aggression, acquisition, you know, you know, instead of that, that masculine sense of being able to provide safety and protection in its most beautiful sense, quite often gets distorted into this very angry, um, aggressive you know, sense and notion that is scaled up in our collective. And it's, it's, not, it's not a healthy masculine. It's quite a, quite a dark masculine, really. And then how that interfaces with, with the feminine, because... We should be celebrating, you know, as, as men, we should be celebrating the, the wonderful qualities of both within us, but also not, not subjugating the feminine and, and or expecting it to be a certain way that is determined by reference to that slightly distorted masculine. And I think we, you know, we, we do that in our, yeah, in society. I mean, a lot of the, the norms are around that kind of way of being um, instead of, really looking at those those divine qualities and that's kind of what's pointed to in that passage and i get a pretty strong sense that that's kind of the work that you do too so um, you know looking at and exploring and being able to express those divine qualities is a that's a gift 
Yeah, beautifully said. So true. And much, much needed in the world. People stepping up and speaking their truth and mm -hmm. stepping into that, the power that comes from vulnerability and authenticity mm -hmm. is, um, mm -hmm. is what I believe is our true purpose to be. Um, I sort of have a bit of an ongoing joke with my friends at the moment that, you know, all of our life purpose is the same thing as to be ourselves and, mm -hmm. you know, expressing our creativity and our truth is a large part of that. So mm -hmm. I really yeah, resonate yeah. a lot with what you're saying. Yes. I mean, I think for me, it is, it's that sense of growing in a deeper sense of love, yeah. you know, no, not, not the, um, not Hollywood yeah. romantic comedy love, you know, and that has its beautiful place for sure, you know, but it's, um, there is a much deeper sense in which we can do that. You know, going back to those four immeasurables, those are the true qualities of true love. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, you know, how we, how we give more of those to the world and, and to ourselves. Brilliant. And that reminds me, Mark, of um, another one liner that was in the very first passage of your book is that waking, waking up is love in action. Um, I really love that. And uh, yeah, first of all is my question is um, it's pretty clear that when we wake up, it can really shake up our lives and create a lot of changes uh, in your experience. Has this been worth it? And if yes, why? Good question. Um, it has absolutely shaken my life in ways that I couldn't possibly have expected. You know, I think that's when you start to just touch that deeper sense of self or deeper sense of reality. It, it changes your perception at a, at a fundamental level. It, you know, it, it shifts the, your previous interaction with consensus reality and how the world works it just has a completely different spin all of a sudden and yes you know it it shapes the foundation of of that um and that showed up in many different ways and it has done you know big changes in relationship um changes in friendships different paths of inquiry and things that are more valuable and important to me. I've had the opportunity to be able to go and pursue those things and really learn more and more of those. And that's been both the most wonderful thing. And at times it's been, it's been dark, you know, our, our minds hold on and those egoic structures get, broken down and there's a lot of things that happen both I think on our both psychologically and you know in, in our bodies as well you know and we can explore some of that darkness as, as I mentioned before through different modalities and it can it can be it can be a rough road I think the wonderful thing that I've learned through it is it's actually how we meet those experiences you know, and can you bring that love, kindness, self-compassion to those dark experiences? Mm, yeah. And can you recognise that there is 
a greater purpose to it. And, you know, the kind of insights and things that emerge through that path of inquiry, they're beyond any kind of value, really. You know, what we, what we talk about and attach value to in our world for the most part, you know, I wouldn't swap it for anything. Anything, and that's you know how can you you can't put a price on on that kind of insight or opportunity or what it reveals to you and the potential effect that it also has on the on the world and other beings. I mean that's those are true gifts, true gifts. Beautiful, Mark. And in the earlier in the when we first started this conversation, you said something about that. Um, you know, your part at those crossroads in your journey that you knew that there was something more. And what I kind of wanted to um, kind of share or highlight or um, kind of explore a bit is that that sense of more is it's it's not an outward type. I want more. It's a it's, it's actually, do you know what? I don't want that more. I, I've, got to, this, I've got to be willing to let go of that so that I can go into a much deeper. So it's about a deepening rather than, um, you know, outreaching. Um, and, yeah, you just articulated that really beautifully. I think for me it's, it's that sense of wholeness. I think you mentioned it early, you know, earlier on, but that or coming back to that we are already whole and it, it's that sense of outward separation and lack of integration is almost like, you know, it, it pulls at us in, in some way. Whereas that coming back to what's within is actually, it's, 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 it's almost a filling up of, of what and recognition of what we are, you know, both in our sense of, soul however people choose to describe that or you know a deeper sense of spirit and then beyond that sort of deeper questions of well you know, who, who and what are you really yeah and and mark if you feel okay in maybe elaborating um in that journey of inquiry and meeting you know these deeper aspects of yourself which quite often are held within the shadow um, what in your experience has been some of the more confronting aspects to you know sort of confront meet heal and integrate you know for me personally I was completely unaware of some of my more narcissistic aspects until I was in relationship and then that was suddenly brought up and that was hugely confronting for me to actually see those aspects of myself see those aspects of myself but ultimately i had to see them so i could heal them honor them express them integrate them so mark i was wondering you know what sort of aspects have you confronted in yourself i think i've probably been i'm sort of the opposite polarity maybe some sometimes actually too too empathic and giving too too much of myself to another person or being very sensitive to their state of being um, their needs you know and that's a that's a beautiful and wonderful quality to to have and you know 
it's a, it's a great thing. But I think that sense of I probably have given too much of myself in all sorts of different relationships and settings where I was just I was I was giving and not looking not always looking after myself and maybe an aspect of that or a corollary if that's the, the right word is well there was a huge amount of repressed anger interesting you know like really you know for that sense of um i would be doing things that i knew didn't resonate more deeply or that i felt obliged to do even though i didn't subscribe to a person's or an organization's values yet kept doing it and that sense of well okay well that just builds up and festers and it's um it's disempowering and actually underneath that anger is power you know in a, in a beautiful in a beautiful way not you know it's not a it's not an aggressive angry power it's just a solid owning of your own being it's um i mean that's still work in progress frankly mm. for me but and you know might be for some time but there's that sense of okay well you know you don't have to be angry with the whole world yes you know there's plenty going on in our world but can you look at that in my own experience what's underneath that you know yes there's these beautiful insights and understandings and can i use that that energy more usefully so that it becomes a very loving giving power of owning uh, well what is a, a positive offering to the world and not not just reactive mm. and, and it, it actually keeps you in a more embodied constructive space internally and in terms of action in the world too Brilliant. Brilliantly said. Yeah, I really resonate. And um, a large part of what we work through in our own relationship is that reactivity and mm -hmm. really becoming aware of when we're in reaction and, and why inquiring into the deeper parts of, of those, you know, aspects of ourselves that are wounded and our inner child that hasn't mm -hmm. been loved. And, um, you know, sure. yeah. Yeah, so that's a, a big part of you know, our own work and what we guide others mm. through too. Mm. Yes, and and it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful invitation for you know anyone regardless of their age and experience to actually look at some of that stuff and doing it with care and compassion and the right kind of support is a you know it's not always an easy journey but actually there are there are gems in amongst it. Um, and that's, that's part of our, part of our growth too, mm -hmm. as beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right. This, it's a really good opportunity of how we can take, um, that action, but do it in a compassionate way. And we don't all have to go to a, I don't know, a 30 day water fast retreat where, you know, <laughs> whatever, that we can start off by reading a book, you know, we can start off by gentle self-inquiry there's this as we've said there's so many different avenues and um we were only we have a yoga beautiful yoga uh, instructor come to us once a week and we mm. share some um yoga together and we're just sharing a little bit about what's been coming up for us over the last mm. week and that 
um, continual commitment to um, go within and really kind of sit with a shadow or sit in whatever's coming up that's uncomfortable like it is it's it continues to be challenging for for us but I know that we have the further along we go along that journey the more faith we have in that process and then what mm-hmm. doesn't even become a question of whether or not we go there and I'm wondering but it's taken I know it's taken me a long time because one of my kind of shadow aspects I'm a, I'm a bit similar to you I kind of was more the over over giver and and it, I was torn between this aspect of me that did it was genuine I wanted I did mm. want to give but the, underneath that subconsciously and this is where it's tricky because so much is subconscious we don't even wear it was out of obligation mm. and over time all these should I should mm. and it was there was a bit up of resentment uh, of mm. that so for me how that's as I've cleared through that rather than getting angry about that I felt sad about that that I've kind of dismissed mm. my own needs in that way mm. um but yeah i'm interested for you if you have any i know words of wisdom for those people who might just be at the start of their path or kind of a, 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 a kind of moving through the journey and feeling like oh what what happens if i go into this next bit what are going to be the consequences of that and mm. Mm, mm. how can i do that so i continue to move forward but also do it in a way that actually holds myself and I'm not mm. just throwing myself mm. into the bulls. Go mm. so gently. Mm. I really, I think that's, you know, at, at your own pace and, and comfort. And that's certainly been my experience. Just when you were talking there before as well, it's, it almost reminds me that I've definitely been through a bit of a process where it almost became too much digging through the, the garbage bin of, trauma, capital T trauma and small T trauma, you know, all of those kind of things that actually the more you start looking and digging, I mean, you can find, you know, the depths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, that is not a constructive place to be either, um, mm-hmm. that actually finding the opposite and those positive qualities in the present moment is a, as much an important part of any kind of practice and or process of inquiry uh, than just digging through the shadow yeah. um, actually recognizing that we we have all of these positive qualities in the in the present moment if should we choose to yeah. uh, pay attention to them and that's almost i mean that's part of the part of the process is actually realizing that you you do have that or have the capacity to be able to do that mm-hmm. so to yeah not just kind of think that oh i have to dive into this bottomless pit of difficulty and trial tribulation however it is it's i don't think it is that way even though we can be pushed to some kind of crisis point through different experiences and sometimes going through some meeting some of those experiences can be profoundly opening Mm. um so you know it but i mean that's just that's just my experience um it's you know it's different for everyone but that that's i get a strong sense that that going gently meeting it with kindness compassion and learning to cultivate the positive qualities in the moment mm. you know they're really important and that it doesn't always have to be you know everything falls in a heap and we're all in different life situations too um, so being respectful of of that you know, like you say, you know, people aren't all in a situation where they can go and go to a 
three months meditation retreat or whatever they want to do you know it's finding it's finding that in the day-to-day and yes you know yoga is a beautiful path of inquiry if you can find good teachers and you know there are many different aspects to it and even just choosing modalities that resonate you know it doesn't have to be you know these big violent scary changes yeah absolutely absolutely and i know that we, that we, we certainly developed a trust in that again i don't think we don't particularly go dig or what else can we dig up it's more that if mm. something arises it's like okay this is a reason it's, it's here to help us it's here to um be clear you know kind of and just mm. looking at it from that almost attached inquiry rather than oh what is this but mm. to the bottom of this per se yeah mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, in my own experience, probably they can become black holes or you know wormholes that you can dis, you can disappear into, mm. and that's not that's not constructive either. I mean, yes, I've had wonderful help to fish me out of those at times too, um, but you know, not to, not to think that it necessarily has to be that way. Yeah, and your book, I know that there were certain passages that were like, oh, you've been, you have been in some dark spaces and you do a really good job of sharing that openly without going into the story and really sticking to the essence, which, yeah. That's a real skill. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got, yeah, yeah, I've just got a question. It's a slight twist, but just as we kind of move towards the um, uh, end of the conversation is, is in the writing of this book and in the, um, um, the creating and allowing like that receptivity and allowing that kind of creative force to unfold mm-hmm. and then balancing that with, cause I know for me, sometimes I can sit in meditation or I do, I receive quite a lot of insights in my dream state or that space. But then um, sometimes when I then try to translate it into writing, my rational mind comes in and then it becomes a bit, a bit blocked. And um I know that you were when you're in Hobart. You actually had a creative workshop on the mm. following day, which mm. we actually would have loved to come, but it wasn't the right time for mm. us. Um, but I'm interested in how, whether you have any particular, um, I don't say processes, but how you found, you know, that you're able to kind of open up and and receive this source of inspiration, then actually bring it into the material world, so that so that you can share your insights. Mm. That's a good question. Um, the for me some of the some of the poems particularly i think were written yeah sometimes after some deeper experiences for sure it was kind of like well okay have the experience let that play out can i give voice to my um understanding or what you know what's emerged from that and sometimes that was just in quite a, you know, sometimes a fairly cathartic sense, sometimes in a place of real calm, peace, deep ease and connection and, you know, sort of just giving voice to that insight, really. Um, and that, yeah, you know, that, that, that was a, a beautiful process to actually find that, you know, some of them came out pretty much fully formed mm. as giving voice to an experience. Um, and yes, you know, I haven't deliberately gone into the specifics, but rather tried to expand on the the insight that comes from that because I think that's it's it's almost it's more valuable. It's more of an invitation to do that. 
and I think just in terms of creativity generally, you know, we are creative beings. That's, um, you know, we all have our own modes of creative expression and finding how that works, you know, best for each of us is, is part of yeah, human experience. So it doesn't have to look in a, any particular way. I think when we did that creativity workshop, some of it was a, a little bit of that sort of myth busting of creativity has to look a certain way and you're only a creative person if you write books or write songs or mm. actually, you know, lots of people are hugely creative and do it in a very different sense. You know, my, my stepfather is a, is an engineer, you know, and they have very linear kind of minds, but they're also finding their own unique creative expression when they're solving difficult challenges or problems. You know, it's, we don't need to just limit that sense of creativity to a certain, um, that it has to look a certain way. Um, and I think deeper than that, there's also that sense of creating the right causes and conditions. I mean, you can just, you know, that sense of creating causes and conditions works on many levels of our being, but you can create the causes and conditions for creative work. Um, and that's different for everyone. Um, and, and our lives as creative expression too. You know, it's not, uh, it's not just here's my piece of art or drawing or whatever it is. It's, you know, building our lives. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's some stuff in, in the book that is very much more seeing our lives in that way that actually, you know, we create the story of our lives mm. as we go, you know, and that's, um, that's creativity. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it has to be, you know, look a certain way. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that, Mark. It reminds me actually just dropped in right then of, uh, something I wrote when I was very first starting to spiritually awaken, you know, s several years ago, it was, um, my life will be an art piece and every breath is the stroke of the brush. Hmm. It's, it's like we can live creatively. We don't have to live these rigid structured lives. And, you know, that's really what I was opening to. And cause I've always, I've always felt like an artistic person, but yet I don't sit down with a paintbrush and, hmm. you know, do these amazing paintings mm. or anything. So, you know, that was, you know, part of my expression. Mm. So, um, yeah, I really resonate with what you said. And I think as well that, I'm just, you're just saying that reminded me, there's a line in the book that uh, existence is the masterpiece. Yeah. You know, that actually, you know, we are part of this most amazing existence cosmos that is, yeah. it is a creation, you know, and I'm not yeah. getting into the, you know, creationist stuff, but you know, the, you know, it is. It is a an expression of this great oneness, yeah. and uh, being able to see it at the microcosm and the macrocosm. That's um, a beautiful way to see it. Brilliant, brilliant. I love that, uh, Mark. And speaking of the micro to the macrocosm, um, you know, you've got the on the cover here inspiration for a new humanity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of chaos going on in the world and a lot of people in fear so mark i was hoping if you could you know light up our podcast with a bit of hope mm. and um you know what you really see humanity evolving into through this awakening and coming mm. back to the mm. heart mm. that's a good question yeah 
Um, I mean, that is a great question for everyone to consider because we all have our own means of touching that, I think. For me, it's that sense of knowing that the qualities that I can generate in myself do have a positive effect. Um, and you know, being able to grow those increasingly and have them out into the world. Definitely, that's what, I mean, that's what this book is about. It's, it's an invitation to that way of being um, first because when we cultivate that, we're actually then better able to find that expression in the world you know, for ourselves. And I think as well, when we connect both to those wonderful qualities and a deeper sense of connection and um, you know, the notion of interbeing, you know, nothing ex exists uh, on its own. Mm. Absolutely nothing in the cosmos. You know, everything exists in relationship. Mm. To be able to touch that and realise that the kind of choices, behaviours, that we, we truly need in our humanity, they come from that, that place. And in terms of hope and inspiration, I mean, there are so many wonderful examples around the world right now um, of people who are doing amazing things, both in the space of environmentalism, social justice, true change, change on the level of consciousness, embodiment, practice. You know, it, it is there. Um, it's that sense of well, what we focus on grows is a is a great kind of little phrase that I try and remember a lot of the time. But actually, knowing that there are forces for great good in the world, and that we all have these these capacities, and yes, love is um, love wins out in the end. I mean, I think that's that's really the the truth. You know, it happens both in our own experience, and as dark as the you know, the things that are happening in the world are, oh, you know, the billions of people starving. I mean, it's a, it's a reminder of just how far we have to, to go still, but also that there's, um, there's great hope and commitment through that, you know, actually that as we meet our individual darkness, we come to understand that there is love and compassion on the other side of it. And I think increasingly we're going to see that scaled up in the collective that actually we can't, continue to have these experiences of inequality, injustice, how that expresses in the collective on, on many levels. But, you know, there are just so, so many examples ultimately, but actually that there are new ways of leading a, a different kind of humanity. And they're founded in some great old wisdom traditions. Um, and it's, about finding the essence of that and applying them daily. And, and we need it at every level of our society. Um, you know, I mean, we're so lucky in, in Australia, really, you know, in terms of relative material comfort, all of those kind of things. But really, we need it, I think, both in, yeah, in Australia, still a society full of inequalities. Mm. And, you know, on a global scale, it's even greater, but there are many, many wonderful examples. Um, true, wise leaders, and that's what we need more of. Brilliant. And Mark, I consider you one of those leaders, so thank you for 
gracing your presence on our podcast. It's mm. really appreciated. And um, yeah, thank you for what you've brought to the world through this book and your own journey. Well, thanks very much for having me. I know you guys are doing wonderful stuff to uplift people in different ways too. And I'm, you know, I know we talked about it before we started, but just that sense of where it all comes from and it's very much a heart-based yeah, contribution both for ourselves and for others and for humanity generally. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much, you. Mark. Um, yeah, it's been a joy to co-create this with you and for those listening, um, we'll put the the links for your book and your website looks like this for those watching um in the show notes and we really do encourage you all it's the little gem and as you said like it's been quite a long time i think the last book i read like this was um one of tick not time's book which was just beautiful as well but that had been a while um since i'd read that so it was it was lovely to have something kind of light and enjoyable but still very deep and profound but it was it was simple Simple but the best wisdom is simple. Yeah. I am very lucky to have been to Tignat Hans Plum Village Monastery in France twice. And (sighs) the work that they are doing there, his wisdom and that of many others is um, it's so beautiful and so necessary, but uh, Mm. it's, it's wonderful. So. Yeah, Thanks and I could see this. I've said this been quite a few times in quite a lot. I could see some of those teachings coming through you and how that beautiful interbeing has played out with you, that passing on of the wisdom through our own teachers. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank Mark. you both very much, really. Blessings. You too. Hey there, we trust you've got value from this episode and we want to gift you something. If you want even more value and a vibe with what we're putting out, we've got an epic free training called the Infinity Flow Model. This model is channeled directly through us and it is the core principle foundations of what we live on a daily basis that allows us to live our heart space desires and love from our soul. We've put a link to that in the show notes as well as a link to our online community of Awakening Souls which really offers the space and the support to step into your truth, your power and your heart and all members receive access to two of our online courses. So check it out and in the meantime, keep keep living living and loving from from the soul. soul.